When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Door Report, we preview Vanderbilt and South Carolina coming up this Saturday at noon Eastern time. You can watch it on the SEC Network. Vanderbilt is trying to bounce back after a tough loss to LSU last weekend, 41-7. Ken Seals and the offense along with Cam Johnson and the return of many weapons offensively as well as Brendan Harris in the back end of the secondary. We'll try to look forward to a victory against South Carolina. We look at the Vegas betting line, as well as many other things that involve this Vanderbilt-South Carolina matchup. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco. That's jimmyalaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615-356-0303. That's 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style. Before we dive into the loss this past weekend against LSU at home, 41-7, to it's now time to discuss the breaking news presented by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they are brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in West Mead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode number 40. It is a Friday, October the 9th. Welcome back in. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Willie, we're back and better than ever with another episode. I'm, as usual, here down in Naples, Florida. You are in Nashville, where Vanderbilt and South Carolina are going to face off Saturday at noon Eastern time. It's in the morning where you are. It'll be the start of the afternoon down here in Florida. Will this is a get-right game for both teams. Yeah, it seems that's becoming a trend for Vanderbilt to be the team that is uh, the get-right game for the opponent. So if you look at the South Carolina message boards and and kind of some talk <laughs> around that program, they're they're not very concerned. Um, they're yeah. they're only concerned is we need to come out and uh, steamroll Vanderbilt is the term that I saw a lot looking at their twenty-four-seven uh, sports site. So. They obviously have different expectations, um, and I can't really blame them considering 
the all-time record for Vanderbilt against South Carolina. 11 straight, isn't it? That's Haven't they won 11 straight? straight? South Carolina leads the all-time series 25 to 4. Um, the oh. last time we won was when, – when do you think the last time we won was? The last time we beat South Carolina. Oh, I, I know this. It was, 20, it was 2008. Yep, it was 2008. Yep. Yeah, the season because they beat South Carolina before they played Auburn, mm-hmm. the game day game. Under so, head coach uh, Bobby Johnson was the last yeah. time, 24-17. Now they have been a lot of tight losses um, during. Yeah. The time they've frame, been so. they've been tight. They've been tight. So we'll mm-hmm. see we'll see how this one goes. I mean, <laughs> well, we talked about it the the punching bag kind of aspect of Vanderbilt in the SEC, and, and that's kind of what what uh, what we got going on here Saturday again with South Carolina coming in 0 and 2. Kickoff, again, is set for noon Eastern time. You can watch it on the SEC Network. Dave Neal, DJ Shockley, and Don Davenport are on the call, the Nashville native. Don, it's going to be good to see her on the television reporting. She's got a great relationship with Coach Mason. And, Will, as we mentioned, both teams enter the game 0-2. So we're going to see who's hungrier come Saturday. Uh, Before we get to the breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at door underscore report as well as Instagram, starting to get that fired up, door.report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a good review on iTunes, because that'll help us out. It'll also help uh, other listeners out trying to figure out which Vanderbilt podcast to listen to. Also, the Friday Mailbag column is up and running this season. If you got any questions or just an opinion you'd like to share about Vanderbilt Athletics, send them over to doorreport at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. All right, Will, South Carolina is coming into Vanderbilt, 11 a.m. kickoff there in Nashville, and this is going to be likely a wet game, you know, with Hurricane Delta rolling in from uh, from the New Orleans area, and and then you know it should. It, we don't know if it's going to hit during the game in Nashville or what, but it's likely going to be a, a a wet environment there. Initially, here for Vanderbilt, will what are kind of some expectations and maybe some some tricky maybe trick plays we might see up up the sleeve of offensive coordinator um, Todd Fitch because they will probably need them to to beat South Carolina. Yeah, the, the you mentioned the weather, and that was something that I was going to touch on um, later. But the weather plays to Vanderbilt's advantage. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt's passing game has not been the strength thus far throughout the season. Um, and South Carolina has been, you know, the yards per attempt leaves a little bit to be desired. But but in general, their passing attack is obviously um, an advantage for them as opposed mm-hmm. to us. So that that wet weather and anything that cr- can kind of create craziness 11 a.m kickoff not many people just students in the crowd wet weather that's a classic vandy trap game <laughs> that is ideal for the underdog coming in this situation so uh, i don't know if we're getting into keys yet but one of the keys is going to be ball control in that weather so not uh, yep. turning the ball over in unforced ways um controlling that time of possession and and keeping your defense off off the field in those wet conditions and and hopefully having some some things break your way yeah well you mentioned the all-time record 25 to 4 in in favor of South Carolina the line uh for you Mr. Vegas uh it opened at minus 11 it has now moved out to 13 and a half with uh as you mentioned earlier um 70 percent of the money coming in on South Carolina so in terms of the line there, Will, again, we'll get to kind of the keys, but with that line, it seems a little bit, I mean, Vanderbilt, the line against LSU was what, 20, 
21. And, and then again, coming into South Carolina, it seems like that line should be a little bit more. Uh, what do you think about the line? 13 and a half there, almost a couple of touchdowns. Um, I don't expect that line to shift out any more than it has. Cause once it hits that 14, I would take that line. So, I, um, with that LSU game, I feel like a lot of that line was more a response to LSU's performance against Mississippi state and not necessarily, um, and then Vanderbilt was coming off a good performance. So this line is actually about where I would expect. I mean, South Carolina is, has been not that great they lost florida 38 24 tennessee they played a tight game 31 27 so with yeah, they're not happy it opened up a little bit lower than i expected i kind of honestly expected it to open up about that uh plus 14 and a half with vanderbilt as uh yeah me too an underdog but it, it's it's not too far off um i think you'll still see a lot of money late coming on south carolina and you might see overnight tonight early saturday morning vanderbilt shift out to that plus 14 plus 14 and a half but if I had to guess, I would say that that line is pretty set and you won't see too much more fluctuation with it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's probably not going to be a whole lot. Again, it started at 11 and, and you typically see that, especially with a Vanderbilt week. Um, you know, you kind of move it, moving it further out. Uh, but well, in terms of this game, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, it screams shootout to me. I mean, both defenses have been absolutely reeling the past couple weeks, especially week two, where Vandy gave up 41 to LSU and then South Carolina gave up 38 to Florida. So we're not saying those, those offenses are, are weak, but um, you know, again, giving up nearly 40 points, you know, for each of these teams, that I think that says a lot about their defenses and interesting stat here. Will both defenses combined have given up 127 points through the first two weeks. And that's only two weeks. It is two teams, but um, it's definitely astounding, you know, in terms of the defensive production for both teams I think, Will, if Vandy wants to have a chance in this one, they have to contain Shai Smith. And, and now we're starting to get into some of the keys of the game. And you've talked about it in yours as well. But LSU's receivers absolutely torched Vandy last week. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. It was, it was, it was like taking candy from a baby. I mean, it, they were just absolutely torching the secondary. And that was the reason they dominated the game. The secondary doesn't have to play perfect for Vanderbilt. First off, I don't think that's possible. Uh, but... They, they must play better than they did last week to win. And I know you agree because Shai Smith is, is the guy for South Carolina. Yeah, I'm not sure where South Carolina is hiding these guys or where they're secretly. <laughs> but it feels like every single year, South Carolina has one dominant receiver every single year. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. You're exactly. That's just Edward, torches Vandy. Evo Samuel, Farrow Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey, Sidney Rice, and you can just keep going. They... They always have that one guy that you look at and say, we got to try to, we have to stop him. Yeah. And every year it feels like Vanderbilt has failed to stop that guy. So the one um, guy that's an obvious key to the game is limit his touches as much as possible. He's going to get his touches. Um, the number one key to the game relates to, to limiting his touches and limiting his big plays is initial tackling. This is week mm -hmm. three out of three that I've put that as the number one key going Is in. that a key? Is that a key, Will? And we are 74th out of 74th, like we'd mentioned on the on the recap. <laughs> hopefully that, that has, actually not even hopefully, if Vanderbilt has a chance, there has to be a massive. They need, to move, they need to move into the 50th out of 74 range after yeah, this. Honestly, week. just anything but dead last. But, but to have a chance, they have to limit his touches, have to limit his big plays, and have to tackle initially. Um, and then we mentioned controlling the ball. 
And then something you notice when you when you rewatch that LSU game, go through the play by plays, and this is this is much easier said than done, but getting Mississippi State in obvious passing situations on third mm-hmm. down. Um, and limiting those six, seven, eight, nine-yard gains on first and second down and getting them in third and two where the entire playbook is open. They did a really good job of that against Texas A&M and didn't do a good job of that um, against uh, LSU last week. So, and that's obviously easier said than done, but what that allows is the defensive line has actually been pretty good against the run. I believe their run success stoppage, I believe it's like sixth in the SEC. Yeah. And even watching and even watching the D line for Vandy, it, it has seemed apparent that they, they're they're a little bit better. They're a little bit bigger. And and they've just kind of they played a lot better because of, you know, some of the new guys they got. Yeah, that's definitely the strength of this defense. And and what that does, getting them in third and five or third and six is longer at, or longer. Um, it's going to allow those defensive linemen, Dio Dangbo, Andre Mintz. Um, Davion Davis, any of them to not worry as much. Obviously you want to contain the quarterback, but not worry as much about filling those run gaps and allow them to get pressure on the quarterback and collapse that pocket and getting pressure with those four down linemen or or three down linemen and an outside Mm -hmm. backer blitzer is going to be a key because our secondary can't send help on the pass rush just because that is Mm -hmm. a weak spot and getting those couple of guys back back there will help a lot. Um, but the key to the game is going is to rely on stopping them or limiting their gains on first and second down and allowing that pass rush to, to really pursue the quarterback on third down. Yeah, and it's, you, know, you talked about defense for Vanderbilt, but I think especially if they, if they want to put points on the board, the offensive run game has to play well also because they got Keon Brooks back. We thought he was going to be back last week, but apparently he's officially back this week. So Keon Brooks uh, Javion Marlowe and Jamari Wakefield, they have to play well. They need to get as many yards as they can. You know, we talked about turning, you know, LSU turning those five-yard gains into 15-yard gains. We need to be the team doing that. We need to be able to do that, especially to put, to create play-action passes because play-action pass hasn't necessarily looked great. At times, you've seen some flashes from it, but I'd love to see more of, of a play-action type of style offense because obviously you need to get the run game established. So that's the first key. But with 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 Javion Marlowe and Keon Brooks kind of their, their similar styles, they can, they can rotate those guys in. They're going to be a lot more healthy. So I think Will offensively, they they need to they they need to run the continue to run the ball more. And and because last season we were talking about it, Keyshawn Vaughn. He was, we, we didn't think he was getting enough carries. I don't think he got the proper number of carries maybe until later in the season. So it, that can't happen, uh, especially with, with the, the, the depth at running back that they have and, and the ability to, to kind of work that play action with Cam Johnson finding the seams as well as Ben Bresnahan. They also have James Bostic back. Um, and, and so offensively, that, that's kind of the key there, the run game setting up the pass game for me. Yeah, the the big thing this week that I think you're it is week three of the SEC season now. So things are going defensive coordinators have enough film now. It's not week one. It's not week two. I, I really, really expect South Carolina to come into this game, stack seven or eight in the box and say, Ken, you've got to beat us. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but we cannot just beat our head into the wall, which I am very, very afraid that Todd Fitch is going to do and continue to run first, yeah. run second, third and eight. Um, and let me, let me let me say this. The, 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 the first the first possession is key. If Vanderbilt gets the ball offensively first possession, it must be better than the last than 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 the LSU game. I mean, we talked about it. Will just atrocious play calling. I mean, 
can, can you not script, you know, obviously every offense of 15 plays are scripted. You know, the first you typically the first 15 plays are scripted. So why not get Ken Seals in a room and say, look, Ken, we're going to start with these three plays and they're going to work. You know, we're not going to hope for a screen pass here or there. Let's let's, you know, and I'm not saying this, this, this could be a, a defensive pressure type of thing that they see coming, but all I want to see is, is some consistency with Todd Fitch, as I think you mentioned. Yeah, he's been consistent, um, consistently conservative and bad, um, <laughs> though very consistently bad in my, so I can really see this game going two ways. I, I can see South Carolina coming out, us consistently having three and out possessions um, and our secondary and defensive line just tiring out and this being uh, a much worse game than the line even shows. Yeah. If what we need, I would much rather see out of Fitch this first winnable, we put that in quotations, winnable game. I would much rather see Todd Fitch come out guns blazing and say, Ken, we we just have just to sling it. Just get out there and sling, sling it. it. If we turn the ball over, we turn the ball over. But clearly what we're doing with a combined 19 points through two weeks, I know those are really good teams, but 19 yeah. points through two weeks is, isn't going to get it done. So something's not working. And continuously, at some point, you're going to have to have a guy in that backfield break out and be the number one guy, even if it is still a running back by committee. And when you look at the stats so far, Marlowe and Wakefield have had very similar carries. Wakefield with 31, Marlowe with 33, and Wakefield right now is averaging 2.9 yards per carry, which does not get it done. Um, Marlowe is averaging four and a half yards per carry, which is okay. It's not great. It's okay. Um, I would expect to see Marlowe receive more carries this game and Wakefield and Brooks split those carries, um, those secondary carries. So Marlowe around that 15 um, range of carries and then Wakefield and Brooks both between that 8 to 10 range. So that's something to look for is who really starts to take um, control of that backfield as well during the South Carolina game. Yeah, he talked about Ken Seals there and, and kind of the pressure he's been under. He's been sacked five times and hurried 11 times through the first two contests. Obviously, pass protection is always a key, but it's it's going to be a concern Saturday for Vanderbilt. South Carolina's got a great pass rush. Aaron Sterling, Kingsley, and Agbar, and Kier Thomas with just bringing the heat. And, and you mentioned it, Will. They're going to bring pressure, and they're going to, they're going to force Ken Seals to beat them with his arm. And I, I didn't mention it at the top, but Ken Seals' legs haven't necessarily – um, impacted any game, you know, I think against AM he showed a little bit, but LSU, there was really nothing to be had in the running game. But if Ken seals can, and again, we talked about it in a couple episodes ago, but if he has the option of keeping it, he needs to keep it more. <laughs> like, I, I think, I think because he, with, with his ability, I mean, he's a big guy, he's six, three, two twenty. He is a freshman and he, we don't want him out there killing himself. But against South Carolina, there, there will be some holes. There will be some chances. This isn't an LSU or an AM defense. They're a good defense. But for, for Ken Seals to, to play efficiently on Saturday, I think he has to, to, to find those gaps. And, and if he sees an opening, take it. You know? And if he sees a five, six-yard gain on, on a first or second down, take it. You know? Because I think he, we need his legs. This offense needs his legs on the field. Yeah, and speaking of legs and quarterbacks and running, something we didn't really talk about on that uh, reaction to the LSU game, something that Fitch did that I really liked was we actually saw the Mike Wright uh, read option package in that yes. race. Yeah. Um, it, it looked really good. He's got that on film. I, I know that uh, South Carolina is reviewing that this week, 100%. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, Wright's in, 
he's he's running. I would expect but at the same time it could be a, a, a decoy. Yeah, I would expect to see some wrinkles in that um, because Wright is a quarterback. It's not like you're in the Wildcat. Um, I mean, he can throw the football whether even if it's just yeah. a one read or it's read option, yeah. one read to a receiver. If it's not there, just take off. Very mm -hmm. simple as that. So the only thing in that formation that I didn't understand, I know you're breaking the huddle. Um, and you're not giving that wanting to give the defense a key as to what you're doing, running your quarterback off the field. But Ken Seals lined up out there at receiver doesn't make a lot of sense to me because um, it's not like Mike Wright is out there at receiver the previous mm -hmm. three drives. Yeah. Running yeah. On, always taking snaps. So Ken Seals is out there. I don't know if they have something where they're going to motion him in or what exactly they're doing, but I would expect Fitch to, to throw in a wrinkle now that he's shown we put in Mike Wright, we're going to run this read option or we're going to run a power run with him. Um, you might see it earlier. I don't know if you'll see it outside the red zone, but but I would like to see a possession where we see Mike Wright and we and we run those read options RPOs throughout an entire drive or a sequence of five, six plays outside of the red zone. Yeah, the, the fact that we've seen Mike Wright, uh, you know, this early is a good sign, you know, not only for him, but I think the offense, because if they, you know, I think he's going to stay a quarterback. We're not, he's not going to switch over to receive or anything, but you know, with him staying at, at the quarterback position and getting this early playing time, it's definitely a good sign. I mean, both these guys are true freshmen and they're playing in the SEC, playing against a couple of top 15 defenses early on. So this will be, you know, definitely uh, some weight taken off Seals' shoulder in terms of what to expect from South Carolina's defense. Uh, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how Vanderbilt attacks uh, this defense. Again, hopefully we do see some wrinkles with Fitch and then even Ted Roof as well, because they definitely, we know they made adjustments last week after last week. So um, again, can't we just see more of Donovan Kaufman as well? We, you know, we didn't touch on him a ton this episode, but you know, he's a guy that is electric and hopefully we'll see more of him in the kickoff return as well as uh, making more tackles. He had 10 tackles last week. So uh, again, we'll see Vanderbilt, South Carolina, noon Eastern time kickoff. Will it's time for predictions. Uh, we're going to start with yours. Uh, we talked about the Vegas betting line, uh, 13 and a half is the line but uh we're gonna go with yours first i know you were you were thinking about it a lot uh but what are we gonna get here carolina vandy noon eastern time saturday yeah we were talking about this before recording the podcast and i've really because i can see part of me if i wasn't a vanderbilt fan i can look at this game and say this is gonna go very very poorly for vanderbilt um they have a playmaking receiver we can't cover anyone um, their defensive pass rush is, is good, is really good. And our offensive line is depleted. Our offense has been very one-sided, very predictable. This is the first time that a team is going to have enough film to really key in on what we've been doing. South Carolina's weakness lies in their 8.7 yards per attempt that they're giving up on through the, uh, through the air. But Vanderbilt has thrown for a total of 263 yards passing through two games. So where their weaknesses lie is where Vanderbilt's weaknesses are. Um, so I can see this going and being a, uh, a 38 to 10 game in South Carolina's favor. Mm. It's not going to be my prediction because um, <laughs> I really do think that the defense is going to come out and step up. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, an ugly game early. Um, slugfest. A slugfest. A <laughs> slugfest, hard-nosed football. So that's what I call smash-mouth football. So, yeah, because it could be wet. So Yep, so we'll I see. can see this being a tight game, relatively one-score, 10-point game going into the fourth. Um, drum roll, please. The South Carolina, drum roll, please. South Carolina, 27. <laughs> Vanderbilt almost matches their season point total with 17. 
lose okay. by okay all right there you have it will byron 27 to 17 prediction he's got the gamecocks over the commodores he's got a 10 point so uh vandy does cover uh but uh you know again that's that's not what Derek Mason is looking for. He's looking for uh, some more offensive production. He's looking for his secondary to step up. And I think the key for this one, obviously, is Shai Smith. But well, let's face it, it's Ken Seals. You know, if, if obviously there, there's, he's going to have pressure. He's going ha- to have a lot of pressure. But if he can get the ball out quick enough, you know, and, and, and convert some screen plays. We, have they converted a single screen play? We like we. I mean, come on. We, this is this is you. This used to be the you know kind of the core belief of a Vanderbilt offense: throwing that screen pass to a Zach Stacy. You know, throwing a screen pass to Keyshawn Vaughn. And, and I mean, Kyle Shermer was a genius at that. I think I think Seals needs to learn how to do that because it is an art. The art of throwing a screen pass is is an art. So if they can convert some of those. Will I think I think Vanderbilt will have a chance at, at keeping it close and iron and say win. Um, but again, drum roll, please. Here, I got, I got, <laughs> I got Vanderbilt losing, not winning. I got South Carolina thirty-four, Vanderbilt twenty-seven. So I think Vandy scores a late touchdown um, to avoid, um, you know, South Carolina winning uh, the spread there. But again, I, I, I just think this, this, the screenplays are going to be key, and if we can limit Shai Smith, we're not going to stop him. You know, there's no way on earth I see Vanderbilt completely stopping him and eliminating him. But they need to find, figure out who their best defensive player is, and say, "Go guard Shy Smith." Just yep. I mean, you it don't is. see it. You don't see it a lot in football. Um, but in basketball, you got the box and one, where you got four guys playing his own. One yeah, guy. Let's playing just go man. box and one on Shy Smith. I mean, legitimately, at some type of cover three lock or something, where you have a guy shadowing him across the field, because I don't want to see Vanderbilt a man. Wide, wide, wide receiver spy on Shy Smith. <laughs> Very unique, but but I mean, legitimately, he is, and he's a guy that can beat you single-handedly. It could feel like so. Yeah. Vanderbilt in the past has really struggled to stop anyone specifically. Genius head coach, defensive-minded head coach Derek Mason hasn't been able to do that in seven years. Um, but that's, on, that's the point. So we'll know pretty early. Vanderbilt's going to have to execute the quick game screens, quick slants against South Carolina and run the ball effectively. So we're going to know early in that first half what kind of game it's going to be. Um, If it's tight going into halftime, I think it's going to be tight throughout. If it is not tight going into half, we'll know early when if it's not going to be tight and South Carolina comes out and effortlessly moves the ball down the field, um, it, it's going to be a long, uh, long, well, I yeah. guess, morning slash afternoon for Commodore fans. Yeah, and then we could start seeing the rain come down. It could be kind of a demoralizing day in Nashville. Uh, but yeah, I think you hit it right in the head, Will. Uh, we're going to see early on how this game's going to go. And I think that's kind of how Vanderbilt games usually go, especially last week. I mean, we realized in the first drive that offensively, it's not going to be a good game for Vandy. I mean, we talked about it. So Again, we'll see. Uh, kickoff is set for noon Eastern time in Nashville. Will's going to, you know, be able to chance to, to live tweet as well. I'll be live tweeting and, and you know, offering, offering our discussion and thoughts there on the game. Noon Eastern time, SEC Network, Dave Neal, DJ Shockley, and Don Davenport are on the call. This has been episode 40 of the Door Report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Go Doors. Hale McGranahan now joins the Door Report here on episode 40. He covers South Carolina for the Big Spur on the 24-7 Sports Network as he gets ready to cover South Carolina and Vanderbilt coming up this Saturday in Nashville. Both teams are 0-2. 
Hale, with SEC football back, I got to ask, has your life returned to a little bit more normalcy, maybe? We're inching closer day by day, it feels like. It was back to completely normal. I think it's safe to say that I'll be up there with my, my team of John Woodall and John Del Bianca, who cover yeah. the team with me over the Big Spur. So the three of us were, were doing doing the trip up there to Nashville. It would it'll feel real normal, but we're just kind of normal at this point. Yeah, so no trip to Nashville for the boys? No, sir. We'll be uh, we'll be holding it down from our respective houses. Well, good luck. Yep. <laughs> good luck with the coverage. Uh, week one, obviously, uh, South Carolina lost a close one to Tennessee, thirty-one to twenty-seven, and then they lost at Florida last week, thirty-eight twenty-four. So, you know, they've they've they were in the Tennessee game. Florida, they they were kind of you know uh, about a touchdown or two behind throughout that one. How would you describe the vibe around the campus, around the team after after the first two weeks of the season? A lot of uneasy feelings about this football program right now. Quite frankly, it's it's not in a good place. Uh, you, you look at, at how the team has performed these last two parts of three seasons, I should say. You, you look at the Florida game in 2018, and I think it was in, in October, and they blew a fourth-quarter lead in that game, two-touchdown mm-hmm. lead, and things have just gone really south for, for Muschamp's program, Will Muschamp's program since then. They They've played 18 games since that day in 2018. Uh, they've won six games since then, and, and things are not going well right now. I think coming into this SEC-only schedule season, uh, folks knew that, that the first two games, Tennessee being sort of the sexy pick for a lot of people in the yeah. East and Florida being, you know, the favorite in the East, and those are your first two games. I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting South Carolina to be 2-0. But uh, being 0-2 and, and, and the way they lost that Tennessee game and, and all the mistakes that, that they uh, caused and, and did to themselves and suffered through last Saturday in Gainesville, uh, there's some, some folks that aren't happy about, about South Carolina football right now in Columbia. Well, there's a lot of folks that aren't happy about Vanderbilt football either. Uh, my co-host, Will Byram, and I, we, we've talked about Vanderbilt kind of being that punching bag for the SEC, especially this season, not saying they haven't ever been, but – this season more in particular with, as you mentioned, 10 straight SEC games. It's tough for every SEC team, but especially kind of the bottom, bottom feeder teams like a Vanderbilt, it's, it's obviously tough. And, and, and last week's loss to LSU kind of proved our point. With that in mind, Hale, South Carolina's 0-2. What kind of mindset do you see them rolling into Nashville with? You know, them obviously you mentioned struggling to start this season. Yeah, this is this one I kind of look at as uh, a can't-lose game. I mean, I think a lot of people are saying must win. I think it's can't lose mm-hmm. because they lose this game and they may not win. Another, there's not another game on the schedule outside of maybe Missouri where they're even going to be favored yeah. to win. So they they got to win this one uh, for for the morale of the fan base or probably just for the team in general. Those guys in the locker room, I mean, they, they don't think they're very far away from being 2-0. and and, and I can kind of see that, especially with the way that the Tennessee game ended and even – in some regards, the way the Florida game ended, uh, I, I think the team feels better about where they are than, than a lot of people do. But uh, but they can't. Jeez, if they if they lose this game, the uh, the calls for for new head coach are going to get even louder and and more uh, angry. Yeah, I should say. most champs seat might be heating up a little bit more after after a potential loss to Vanderbilt. Uh, let's talk about the quarterback position. Colin Hill uh, is, is Carolina's new quarterback, a guy that. I didn't really know who he was and, and didn't know much about coming into this season. And, and I think, you know, I, I can say the same thing for, for a lot of other people. 
but he's played decent. He's, he's thrown for over 500 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you like to see kind of that touchdown uh, mark maybe go up a little bit, but what can you tell us about, uh, about Muschamp's new quarterback after, you know, a solid season under Ryan Helensky last year? Yeah, he's, he's not the reason they're 0-2. I, I think most South Carolina fans can can agree with me there. There's some apprehension going into the season when he was named the starter over Ryan Olenski, who, who started 11 games mm-hmm. last season as a freshman, was a highly touted recruit. And Colin Hill comes in with Mike Bobo. He, 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 signed, he signed out of Dorman High School, which is about an hour and a half up the road from Columbia mm-hmm. in the state of South Carolina near Spartanburg. So he, he's a local guy, and he went out to Colorado State and, and was there with Bobo for four years. And of course, came with him in January. And and a lot of folks, I think, just kind of assumed when, when he was coming in as a grad transfer that it was going to be like, hey, be a backup and get ready to start learning how to be a coach. Because, <laughs> you know, Ryan Helensky is a, this big-time recruit. And, and he's, you know, this very visible guy with, with his family story and, and everything that he tries to do as far as being an advocate for, yeah. for the, you know, an awful thing like you know, depression and, and suicide and the, all that that mm-hmm. claims his older brother's life. So there are a lot of people who felt this connection to, to Ryan Helensky that wasn't really rooted in anything beyond just like, hey, this is a really good guy. And, and you know, he was just one of the biggest recruits we've ever signed. So like that, that's, that's who should be the starting quarterback, not this, you know, under recruited kid who, who who's from the state and, and didn't have really that great of a career at Colorado mm-hmm. state. He had three ACL injuries, which really set him back. And I uh, just, just wasn't, you know, the, the sterling kind of stats that mm-hmm. you would think if, if he's a really good quarterback playing in the mountain West that, that he would put up, but uh, he's come in and done a nice job to, Biggest thing that's hurt him and hurt the offense and hurt the team are the drops that have been an issue for for South Carolina. Not just the receivers, but uh, Nick Muse, the starting tight end, has had a couple very very critical drops. Uh, so it's been a bit of an issue these first two games, to say the least. Yeah, well, you know, it's, you, you mentioned Muse, the tight end. Uh, the receiver, Shy Smith, has been uh, one of uh, Helensky's reliable targets, racking up 22 catches, 225 yards, a, a pair of touchdowns so far this season. He's going to be the guy for Vanderbilt's defense to watch. And, and, and if I'm South Carolina, I get him the ball as much as I can uh, because looking at Vanderbilt's defense last week against LSU, they could not and they couldn't tackle initially and they couldn't cover uh, the deep uh, the deep post route at all. So Shai Smith is going to be the guy to watch. What can you tell us about kind of the expectations for him coming in and, and, and for the Vanderbilt defense, what, what can they expect to see from him? Yeah, well, to be fair, uh, Sean Smith has had a couple drops. He dropped a touchdown pass uh, mm. in that in the fourth quarter against Florida, and he dropped a pass against Tennessee uh, up the sideline on a downfield throw. But he has they're throwing the they're throwing the ball to him a ton, so like he can't catch everything, <laughs> even though he he literally did that as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's he's just a, a, a super fast, experienced guy. Like those are the two main things going for him, and. And he seems to have taken his game to another level. That that's been sort of the theme with with South Carolina receivers over the last couple of years. It was Debo Samuel in 2018, uh, Brian Edwards in 2019, and now it's it's Shai Smith's turn in 2020. But unfortunately for Shai in this offense, there, he doesn't have a complimentary guy like he was in those two seasons. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, Debo of course had had Brian Edwards and, and Shai, and, and then Brian had Shai, and 
think Shai sort of viewed himself as a 1A if he was being honest. But it, it's one of those things where he, he's really having to kind of do it on his own as, as a pass catcher. Uh, and, and it's, you know, pretty admirable that, that he's able to have the success he's had in two games. And, and I would imagine that, that Vanderbilt's staff, Ted Roof and, and Derek Mason, are, are trying to figure out ways that they could just try to take him away and force South Carolina to beat them with somebody else. Yeah, you talked about the Vanderbilt staff there. I want to kind of dive into Vanderbilt and kind of, you know, what kind of what they have to do if, if they want to stay competitive in this one. They got a freshman quarterback, Ken Seals, who against A&M looked looked decent. You know, he, he kind of he looked better than any quarterback we had last year. So and then and then, you know, he adds into a game against LSU, obviously, uh, as as fast as their defense is, it's going to be tough on any freshman. But but in terms of Muschamp and, and, and his staff kind of attacking Derek Mason and what he wants to do offensively, what kind of cat and mouse game do you expect to see from those two coaches? Because, uh, you know, you know, they each have respect for each other. For sure. I, I, I think South Carolina is going to want to do what they, they had success doing against Florida last week, which is run the football. And that's sort of Muschamp's M.O. Mm-hmm. Like he wants his offense to be sound that way. And Mike Bobo's absolutely the same way. I, probably why he got hired. That's probably why he's calling plays for him now. But uh, I, I think South Carolina, what they've done is, is tried to be creative uh, on the ground when, when they have the ball. And and it's it's been an issue on, on the other side of the ball on defense when, when the other teams are in the air. The, the, the numbers that Florida put up were really efficient, really good, and I think they're probably going to do that to just about everybody they play this year. Um, so I, I don't think you can get – Two two down about about what South Carolina gave up through there last last weekend, but some of the stuff they allowed to Tennessee that it's it's a little bit alarming to say the least. So uh, I, I would think that South Carolina is going to really hope that they're able to clean some things up uh, back there uh, against Vanderbilt, considering you know how their season's gone. Even though obviously, like you said, some some of the teams they've played are. <laughs> It's been kind of tough matchups. Yeah, not bad. And you know, a couple of top ten teams, at least to start the season, A and M and LSU, and now they get uh, a South Carolina team, also obviously hungry. Before we get to kind of the prediction analysis, one more question on the South Carolina offense. Um, I think South Carolina they should be able to find success on the ground, and then that should you know create openings in the passing game, just like LSU did. But for South Carolina, do you think there's anything? Um, Muschamp and his offense, you know, along with his staff, might switch up a- after the first two games. And, and and do you think we might see some, maybe some shifts in in, in a little bit of their mindset to to kind of you know look forward to you know a win against Vanderbilt? I suppose that there could be you know rolling out some different stuff uh, scheme wise and and all that, but I'm certainly not privy to that information. <laughs> but I, I would imagine the biggest changes we'll probably see from. Uh, the, the first two weeks are, are some more younger guys playing. Uh, Rico Powers, a freshman receiver, number 84, who was, he played a little bit the first two weeks, uh, but really played a lot in the second half against Florida, in part because Xavier Leggett, one of the starting receivers, like like I was alluding to earlier, mm-hmm. had some issues with, with catching the football. And Powers was a highly recruited four-star guy coming out of high school. Uh, and and he flashed a little bit, so I, I would think that he's going to continue to see an uptick in playing time. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he's in the starting lineup. Uh, and they've got a freshman tight end, Eric Shaw, who I believe is number 35, who I think he got his first offensive snap last week. Um, and, and he was probably a little bit behind coming into the season because he was dealing with uh, some bone spurs in his knee, I believe. 
So I got him behind the, the eight ball a little bit. Whereas if he was fully healthy and available, I think we'd probably have already seen more of him. So, so I would think those two guys, uh, especially, are, are, are two two players where if Vanderbilt fans have watched either South Carolina's first two games, they may not have seen them. But uh, I, I certainly think we could see flashes of them uh, possibly on Saturday. Gail McGranahan is our guest here on The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. We're getting you set for Vanderbilt and South Carolina Saturday, noon Eastern time on the SEC Network. And at the top, uh, you mentioned kind of the weather with Hurricane Delta maybe rolling through Nashville, the, the remnants of it that could affect the game in terms of rain, maybe a wet field in Nashville. Hale, what has to happen for South Carolina to win this game? You know, kind of fill in the blank here. South Carolina wins this game if what? hold on to the football and that's obviously been an issue and when when you mix spine into it it's even tougher uh, fortunately for the Gamecocks it hadn't been an issue it's like fumbling like that they, they've been good about ball security that way but a lot a lot of balls have, have snuck through the hands of receivers and tight ends and such like I've said I feel like a hundred times already with you uh, but <laughs> they, they need to execute better on offense and and I think uh, they'll be able to to have a little more success defensively, just considering you know they're not playing against Dan Mullen's offense and like the best tight end in the country and some of the most explosive athletes in the country. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just as simple as, as execution. And and if there's some weather involved, then then I would think that uh, South Carolina is going to be running the ball pretty heavily. On Saturday. Meanwhile, for Vanderbilt, if they can run the ball, it seems like they could stay in this game. For you, what does Vanderbilt have to do on the other side to win this game? If they can force South Carolina to uh, to have to defend them, defend the pass and respect that, uh, I, I think that's going to give uh, South Carolina fans potentially some headaches as as they're sitting on the couch watching this game on Saturday. Uh, the, the secondary is uh, a group that that. With with this staff, with Will Muschamp and Javaris Robinson, the defensive coordinator, that folks had high expectations for when they got going in 2016, and and they've had some pockets of success, and and they, I feel like there's some talented guys back there right now, but they just they just haven't been as consistent and, and as good as, as they they think they should be, and uh, if Vanderbilt can give them some issues, that that could make things a little interesting uh, late in the game on Saturday. All right, before we close up shop here on the Door Report with Hale McGranahan, we got to get your prediction here. South Carolina has won 11 straight in this series. Vanderbilt has just never found any momentum against South Carolina. There's been some close games. South Carolina has always been able to close it out. Lastly here, Hale, give us a prediction. Saturday, noon Eastern time, what happens in Nashville? I think South Carolina is going to win. I believe the latest line that I've seen is around like 13 points yep. top guns favored by uh, I, I think they do cover they've, been, they've actually been pretty good about covering uh, this season so there you go. well actually I don't know if they covered against Tennessee but nonetheless I think they'll, they'll take care of business on Saturday uh, get right game for them and, and they're, they're certainly not overlooking Vanderbilt by any means when you're on two you can't do that so I, I think they're going to come out and take care of business and, and win uh, I'll, I'll say 31 
All right. When it comes to spread, excuse me, shoot, 31 <laughs> 17. I'm not, a, you I'm not a math major, Billy. If you want hey. a math major, you should have got somebody else. Hey, I'm not either. Communications is is, is where it's at. But uh, there you have it. 31 17 from Mr. McGranahan. Looking forward to this one. <laughs> South Carolina and Vanderbilt, 12 Eastern time, New Eastern time on, uh, on the SEC network. Hale, thanks a lot, man. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, good luck on your coverage, and uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thanks, Hale. That was Hale McGranahan. He covers South Carolina for the Big Spur. That is part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Hale McGranahan, capital H and capital M. He's got uh, He's one of the better South Carolina beat writers, maybe the best out there. Uh, and we got him on the door report as we get you set for South Carolina and Vanderbilt. That does it for episode 40 of the door report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring.